0: Could do what we can do. We could do live from Hawaiian Hut and just me eating. (laughs) Oh, when I'm really high. We and should. I'm just macking live down, from Hawaiian, Hawaiian hunt. dude. We
1: bringing Hawaiian Hunt in this bitch, That's and then we could doing. we could do the oh, next
0: yeah. episode is I'm the down. morning after at the point I come get some eggs,
1: and, and then we had to do episode where Matt Casey tattoos Hechel proof on my ass cheek, right, live. But we working off the uh, the Hawaiian hunt on the tread courthouse, courthouse like wearing sweatbands, courthouse <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: sweatbands,
1: <laughs> and then finally the end of the Hot night, night challenge
0: wearing courthouse sweatbands, <laughs> and at the end of the night you go out and check out a real comedy underground
1: oh, show. Oh, it's right. oh. it's a, a, a trifecta. So you go to Maddie's on Friday, then go to Chadwick's on Saturday. Oh, there it is. Look at that. And come do an open
2: house with me on Sunday.
1: Oh, (laughs) shit. Look at that.
0: (laughs) And come do porn in Levi's Sex Dungeon on (laughs) Monday Uh, evening because, you know, it's got to be at a weird time. It's the
1: Heckleproof Comedy
2: Podcast. With Zach Bolton. And Carl Lee. And Maddie
1: J. What's up? What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Heckle Proof Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Oh yes. I'm your boy, Carl Lee. I'm Zach B. And I am Maddie J. And we are heckle proof.
0: <laughs> it's been a while. We're in a new studio space. Yeah. live from, from Levi's Sex Got Dungeon. A new spot. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's like an episode of mm-hmm. How to Make a Sex Room, but I don't know they didn't song. finish
1: it. I, I just song. hummed the Jeffersons because we've oh, been going up. That's oh. true. To the east side <laughs> of Ashland, with a deluxe apartment in the sky. It's actually in the street. Yeah, moving on up. Actually, I'm proud of you, Levi. Yeah, we are.
2: We are proud. I mean, this no. is
0: the first time I've ever known Levi to be housed. <laughs> I don't know what so. you're doing illegally to
1: afford this, but you're doing yeah. a great job of it. <laughs> this dude got like this shit look like a pawn shop. And Best up. Buy And a Goodwill And a Barnes & Noble with the bookshelf back and one, It looks like the employee break looked, room At the Piggly Wiggly It looked like some of everything <laughs> That's what it should be called, some of everything
0: Well, it's a good thing, you some know everything It's everything like studios. Levi, you know, Levi's overcome a lot And and that's what this episode is about Actually yeah, it's Talking so, about, you know, following your dreams And when you're following your dreams, you're trying to do your thing A lot of times there's adversity And this is all about How to overcome the adversity that's in the way of you doing what you want to do. Preach. That's right. And Levi's making a bunch of noise to create some adversity for us right now (laughs) in the studio. I don't even know what he's doing. He's moving a ladder around. This is um, yeah. This, he, he's definitely not charging us for this episode. Yeah, we I don't think anymore
1: still. he can overcome this shit. He' about to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, see he over- he's yeah, he's now it. climbing up to the rafters, yeah.
0: which I can only assume means up, he, he's going to commit suicide. With some ankle socks on,
1: yeah. he's climbing up the ladder. <laughs> Looking like he going to get what's the girl name had a long hair. Rapun- yeah, Rapunzel. exactly. Yeah. That's he look like he going to get <laughs> some. Rapunzel. 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 <laughs> Come here, girl.
0: Well, uh, it's Levi's overcome the adversity of being homeless and he's now homed, and so we're we're uh, real proud of you for that, Levi. Thank you so much for having us into your new home. Yeah, appreciate it. And uh, I know personally, uh, I like to try a lot of stuff, hobby wise, new things all the time. Like I'm never satisfied. Mm -hmm. I'm always a student of something new. So Mm -hmm. I've always got to have a project or a hobby that I'm trying to aim for. And what I've noticed is every time I have a goal or I have a new hobby, uh, the world will put adversity in the way of me starting the new thing. Right about the time I'm getting ready, there will always be some kind of adversity. And it seems to me Like, it's almost this weird test the world is saying. Do you really want this thing that you're asking for? So, it's going to give you this hurdle that you got to jump. I don't know if that happens to you guys in your endeavors. No, I
2: can relate to that.
0: Get like a a big show coming or something like that. There's always like something pops up. Something, yeah. You flat tire on the day of the show and you Mm -hmm. still got to get there. And uh, so, this is all about um, what you can do to minimize the impact when stuff goes south or when you start uh, listening to the voices in your own head telling you, you can't.
2: Yeah.
1: Cause it's your own voice. That's right. Is. Isn't that interesting? Does it seem like a whole nother part it's of like, you. It's like two people. Yeah, exactly. That's interesting. Like a whole nother part of you that just goes. Like
2: that self doubt is negative. Like completely other person.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. And they say that it's a mixture of a, a, protection mechanism Mm. it's the side of you that makes you skeptical it's the side of you that makes you fearful of the dark place you haven't gone before because what might be there and it's also the side of you that makes rational calculated decisions and keeps you from jumping off the deep end so it's not always a negative thing but that same side that will keep you on track can also tell you are you sure it's just a very fine line right that makes sense and I don't know, what do you guys, in that voice, in that moment, when that happens to you, what's that
1: voice tell you? I think it depends on the situation. Uh, me too. Yeah, the situation. Um, I've been very fortunate that a lot of things have – I never really had to ask anything. It seemed like God, universe, source, whatever you want to refer to them as, has bring something to me because I, I, I just believe um, um, the timing is right. And so when it comes – what I, have, what I do have to realize is, okay, relax and still let the process play out. Yeah. Because I'll get a phone call for for something big, whether it's stand-up or whether it's in mental health or just something comes my way. And now I'm excited. Like, for example, man, I just was, like, booked for um, the dual cruises with uh, Boys to Men, Temptation was going to be on there, En Vogue, and I was going to be... The comedian and oh, I, um, I was like stoked. <laughs> yeah. I'm going about my business like this shit is happening. Right. My wife was excited and just like, cause you know, boys being my band, I'm just yeah. excited. Uh, and then mm-hmm. I was trying to get some details figured out as far as getting my wife uh, accommodation set up, and then I got the word that it wasn't happening because. He discovered me too late. They already had lineups. And he was just like, I can't get you in this. And I was just like, and I, and immediately I was just like, cool.
2: Yeah. it didn't really affect yeah,
1: you. Yeah. Cool. You know, but then there's other opportunities that come for something else.
2: That was just like a, wasn't, it wasn't meant to be then.
1: Kind of right. Thing. Yeah.
2: So do you think, do you think that's mm. like, uh, you, has it always been that way for you? Or is that just like years of growth and yeah, under, that's it. understanding? Yeah.
1: Years of growth, faith. And just yeah. knowing, I'm always going to be very fortunate, and blessed to get mine.
0: Totally right. Whether you know? whether it's in the moment or whether it's the next year when they call yeah. you, yeah, yeah, because you were so cool yeah. about them needing to move yeah. the schedule and be like, yeah, we do want to work with him.
1: Yeah, Let's exactly, do it. totally. So, and because and I remember, man, the same thing happened to me with um when Snoop Dogg had his TV show, Doggy Fizzle. Remember oh, that? Oh yeah, he had a sketch comedy show similar to Dave Chappelle's. That's where he came get he got his gotcha. inspiration from. I got contacted about auditioning, and as soon as I was making plans to audition, the show got canceled. Damn. And it was like, God damn. damn. <laughs> it's like, why even show it to yeah. me if right. I can't yeah, get it? Yeah, the show got canceled. That was in '03. But you're right. That's a good point. Why even show it? Why even come my way? But that's a good point. That's something I never thought about a process. Well, and in that
0: moment, like, for example, um, you know, faith means something different to everybody. Sometimes faith is a religious faith. Sometimes it's faith in yourself. Sometimes right. for some people it's faith in the universe or a higher – Uh, order of things right but uh, in a way that could be your test right because here you're putting something out there like I want this big thing I want this big show working with people I haven't worked with before push myself so this could be that thing where the universe is testing you going how bad do you want it Mm -hmm. because if the first time I tell you you can't have it you get mad and you walk away and say I'm never working with that booker again then maybe you short your own opportunity Whereas if you have that faith in yourself, yeah. right. in your higher power, and the belief, that, yeah, right, It'll it's happen. like what's not meant for me now is meant for me later. Because I can yeah. go to the
1: other side. Well, it's just not meant for me. I'm never going to get it. I could just totally be negative thinking.
0: And is that how the younger Carl would have reacted? If That's you, a good. If point. you lost a big opportunity, how would how would Carl at you know
1: thirty? Yeah, react? probably would have probably would have shook him up. Would have shook him up. But uh, I was very fortunate too because a lot of things that did come my way. So a lot of it stuck, and it was just like things I never thought about, things I didn't pursue, things I wasn't going after Would just fall in my lap, yeah. and it was just like, oh, shit. So I had those moments, things I did not even – but the same thing was with the uh, Soul Train um, cruise. That's what it would have been, Soul Train cruise. That, the doggy fizzle stuff, everything just just coming my way. It was like, oh. But some things I guess was like – almost like God saying – you're almost there. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's I mean? almost like, your, it's I, almost I, your turn. On, <laughs> like putting something in front of you, to put these, you know, so you can, you know, start putting in the labor so you can receive, receive your fruits on another level. And that's all I did was just started to focus my eyes on, on a level. Because once you show me something and I was this close, that means I'm on that level. I'm meant to be there. For you're now, you're let at least me part of the that, conversation, yep. which is
0: a big thing to even be yeah. talked about so know? let
1: me make that shift to totally put myself in that space to know like i'm going to be the equivalent of that you know never you know like you can be shocked to feel like mean is happening to me because you doubt yourself when you think how does how's how does this come along you? or you could be the total opposite like you got damn right supposed to be mine right you yeah know? and no, that's totally why i was going to
0: ask that same thing of zach i mean Being in real estate, it's something that you have to work for and you have to earn and get your license. You learn as much as you can. You shadow other people. And then you get, you know, your first few listings. But then all of a sudden you get that big listing. Yeah. Right. The one that you almost feel like, oh man, like, you know, this is a little early for this to be happening. So when that happens to you in that sort of phase, when you you first got that, um, what was your mind telling you? Uh, I mean, my thought process
2: has always kind of just been even with real estate, I mean, everything that I've done work-wise a lot of times has been in in the sales industry and it's just been on different scales. So the process is already like so familiar to me as far as like working with clientele, um, and then doing transactions and then having one that was bigger. It's the same exact process as if I were selling like a, you know, $50,000 mobile home, um, or manufactured home, I should say. Um, as selling a $5 million mansion, the processes are all the same as far as like the inspection period and, um, the contract, um, uh, the addendums and everything are all the same. So it wasn't, it's not like a, it's, it's getting past that mindset of like, Oh, this is a huge deal. Don't fuck it up. It's just like having that confidence and being like, Hey, I know what I'm doing. I'm a professional for a reason. You can, you know, you can have the confidence in me to get this done.
0: Right. And then the, uh, being a professional and myself as well and being a professional in anything, uh, there's always that first one. Oh, that's where totally you don't really have any history to draw from. You're right? in the moment. You got to close this deal. Yeah. And so uh, I can imagine there's some small version of yourself in your head going, can I really do this? Can I do
2: this? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But there comes a point, like a little pinnacle, I feel like that you hit and you're like, Oh, I can do this. Like, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm doing this. Yep. I'm actually I got doing some traction. This. Yeah. And I think there's so many examples with, you know, entertainment as far as music or even sports where athletes have been told, no, 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 you know, Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team and he went on to be the greatest player to ever play the game. Mm -hmm. And that's crazy because he could have just given it up right there and been like, Oh, I wasn't meant to play basketball.
0: Right. And I think that's so important is whenever you're starting something new is, uh, you don't have a confidence to draw from yet. Right. But, uh, Sometimes I find little other things in your life. You could draw confidences from those and take them to that. Like I think about sometimes if I'm in a, a big interview for a job and I'm going, Oh wow. You know, I finally scored this interview and then you get that, what I uh, hear referred to as imposter syndrome, right? Where your brain's telling you like, are you good enough? Can you really, yeah, yeah. are yeah, you qualified Kind of
2: self-sabotage yourself. Right. A and,
0: little bit. and when that happens, I mean, you, it can easily make you shrink up and not perform. Yeah. Uh, in, in the middle of that interview, all of a sudden you're not confident. There's a lot of More things reserved. Yes. that can happen. And uh, oftentimes I know for me, one thing that helps out when that self-doubt comes is I look at past experiences that were really challenging whether it's emotionally or physical or mental or maybe all three yeah, and realize like, well, if I did that, if I did that thing, I should be able to do this thing. Yeah, totally. And a great uh, local kind of legend guy, Tipo Vernado, he was a local spoken word poet, um, just all around fantastic human. But I remember him always saying like uh, the, the ladder to success, every rung is made of a mistake that you learn from. So you can't climb up there without having made those mistakes and yeah. learning from those mistakes. So that's, you know, he always thought if I'm trying something new, every time I fuck up, it's just one step closer to the top. And I thought, Oh, that's a killer way of looking yeah. at it. Mm-hmm. Instead of focusing on one didn't go right. Yeah. He's just looking at it. Like, you know, if there's 10 rungs on the ladder, he's just going nine. Something else happens. Eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty soon you're at that, that top. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think you're right when it
2: comes to like <clears throat> pulling that confidence and that experience from other other parts of your life and using it and you know, like you said, new endeavors or or an interview or something that you haven't done before. Um and I think that's how you gain like that process and that and that voice in your head of I can do this, you know, like I can yeah. do anything and that faith mm-hmm. of, or whatever it may be that whatever faith you believe in. But I think that is, um, I think you hit it on the head, Maddie, that, that is the key to building that habit of that voice and using it in different areas of your life.
0: Right. I remember the first couple big comedy opportunities I had that popped, that self-doubt popped into my mind, like, oh, man, oh, you know, yeah. <clears throat> what am I going to do now? I want to represent myself, and, and should I change my routine? Should I do all this? And, uh, you know, needing to, to draw from something. I talked to other comics that I knew in the business and said, like, man, what was it like for you in your first real big opportunity? What did you do? What did you tell yourself? And it's funny because everybody's process is different. But um, a, a great friend of mine, who I won't name because of his answer, he said, uh, it doesn't matter how many shows I do, I'm always terrified until the first, first joke hits. And this guy has done really, really big I like shows. That. And I That's just, uh, I always try to remember that too. You uh-huh. know, it's, it's like, you know, get through that first joke. It's, yeah. almost, it's almost a metaphor for life. Get through that first mistake. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you realize it's not so bad to make a mistake when you're trying something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: The, the, actually, I, I can relate to that a lot because as you guys know, last summer, not this summer, last summer, I started doing stand-up. And uh, I did my first big opportunity, like you said, was at Los Arcos. We put on a show and there was like four or five comedians and I was second to last and uh Which
0: there was no there best, was that's pressure in of itself yeah to be yeah on the yeah end of the show there was there
2: wasn't a <laughs> yeah there wasn't a we weren't trying to promote it as like a particular order but it was just like they're like he's you know i, I brought a lot of the audience yeah. so he's like we'll have you go second to last so um there was probably like 130 140 people it was a good crowd that's was a big a, that's a was, big crowd for a first was, time yeah for my good. first like real other yeah. than like open mic stuff right. so i you know, I get there and I see a lot of familiar faces. I'm welcoming people I was early. And uh we go back in the little area where we had kind of curtained off and I'm getting ready to go up and I'm going over my jokes and I'm starting to get real nervous and I'm like, <laughs> Shit man, this is crazy. Like this is it. But the all moment, my people are here. Yeah, we played intro songs too, which we were just kind of joking around. I played uh I played Bad Bunny, that Mexican artist for mine. <laughs> it was <laughs> yep. funny. So I got up there and I'm all dancing and um, and right, like right when I, I was still nervous when I was walking up on stage and right when I started talking, I was just like, something hit me and I was just like, dude, you could do this. Mm-hmm. Been through, like yeah. I, it's like stuff flashed in my head. I'm like, dude, I've been through so much shit in my right. life. Like this is nothing. Like this right. is what you've always wanted to do. And I, and I just like at that point, mm-hmm. my nerves were calmed. I yep. did my thing, and I was like, "Dude, this was sick!" Like I felt so yeah. good. Right. I felt so good. I, I I gave a really. I only did
0: like twenty minutes, but I and that's killed a, it. That's a good point of what you did. You allowed yourself to pull confidence. Yeah. Right. And, right. and some people, From other areas. Some people have a little bit of trouble with that because they feel like if they're too confident, it'll come off yeah. as arrogant. A lot of the new guys in comedy, like I don't want to feel. I don't look cocky. Yeah, And at the same time, um, in anything, there's a certain amount of fake it till you make it. You know what I mean? You got to get through that first thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Well, there was a point, too, in that show that I had never done anything like this, but there were people in a table to the left, and they were there to see somebody else, and I could hear them talking, and I never understood. I always heard you at Chadwick's, you know, talking about people talking and, like, keep it down. Mm -hmm. I never understood how much you could actually hear when you're up there, Mm -hmm. and it's like, it was loud. It was like, I was having a conversation with these people where they were trying to talk to me. So I looked, I was like, Hey, could you guys shut up? I'm like, I promise whatever you're talking about, my shit's funnier. So you paid to see me. You yep. can talk about whatever you're talking about after. And they were, they like stopped talking after yeah. that. But I was like, dang, I didn't know you could actually hear that.
1: Much, oh yeah,
0: man. man. Well, I like relating it to comedy. You know, this being a comedy podcast, we don't often man. talk a lot necessarily about the ins and outs of, of doing comedy. But yeah. I remember, uh, I had written some jokes for a friend of mine to test out whether or not my writing was going to work and watching him do those jokes on stage and then them working was one of the things when I finally got up and did stand-up. That was what I was pulling from. It's like, I've been funny before, it's just somebody else said it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. That's actually funny. <laughs> I think the thing is, is once you... Starting from the bottom and just watching your... your watching the. the the progress and the process happen. That's the most, um, the best thing you can experience, like, especially in stand up and real estate, cause stand up, you see the big dogs. Yeah. In real estate, you see the big dogs. You see the billboards. Oh yeah. You see all I that. work with them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you have something to refer to. And, and that's the key, having something to refer to, cause you got pretty sure you have mentors. Yeah, totally. and, same thing with me. And they were the ones who I always looked at. Yeah. Something to refer to, to say, okay, this is what it takes. And that's what it's about. And to be
2: honest, like back to like what you asked me about doing big deals and stuff like that. That's what made me the most nervous and created some of that self-doubt is when I would do a transaction with one of those big dogs. Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm just like, doubt, oh, doubt that's not normally there. It's like, ah, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing a deal with one of the best real estate agents, a 1% (laughs) agent in the nation right now. Right. Like, this is crazy. You know, I don't want to mess this up. I don't want to think I can't handle this or I, you know, but also from that, that helped me draw the confidence of, okay, I got to make sure that I do everything that I can do to, to make this deal. Yeah,
1: exactly. Cause I'm in the room. Mm -hmm. I'm here Mm -hmm. for a reason. And that's when I start dawning on me. Every time I turn around, I'm over the years, just keep working with big names. I'm just like, I mean, I yeah, as resume, yeah, as your resume as your resume builds, yeah, and you think exactly. more and more.
0: And a, a friend of mine asked me that about um, when we did that Criterion show. He mm-hmm. goes, "He goes, uh, man, were you nervous because you are opening that show? You know, and that's a lot of people." And it's like, well, I am nervous every time I do comedy in a small way, but it's more about I am nervous that I am going to give you a good show. Right, I, It's it. never necessarily about me thinking about, is this individual joke landing or whatever? It's like, did the people walk away with a good show or did the people walk away with a good transaction? In totally. your case, yeah. how did it feel for everybody that was in the room? And, and he said, you know, well, what did you do before the show? And I said, uh, nothing. nothing. I sat in the back room. I heard the sound of the crowd. It was a bigger sound than I was used to hearing. Mm-hmm. I tried to focus mm-hmm. on... Uh, being in the moment and enjoying it too, because there's a certain amount of, in anything new, um, it's really exciting in the beginning. And man, if you're so tied up on thinking about these kind of self-doubt thoughts or negative thoughts, you might not even enjoy it. And so I told him, I said, the biggest thing I was focusing on, other than just remembering my routine and the basic stuff was, I want to enjoy this moment. I'm finally where I want to be you know or mm-hmm. you're finally sitting across the table from that agent right yeah i want to enjoy the moment mm-hmm. and i can only enjoy this moment if i can draw some sort of background information or past history to put me there let me know i'm supposed to be there for whatever reason i chose to be here the path was there i took the path i did all these little steps it ended up being here i'm supposed to be here in this moment mm-hmm. So if all of that stuff has aligned for your new hobby or your new venture and you now have the resources to do it and the time to do it and the ability to do it, when you take that step and you're terrified in the beginning and you know it's not going to be good, whatever it might be in the very beginning, you still want to enjoy it. Because there's so many people that you talk to in any field for any kind of thing and they say, man, that exhilaration of the first time I got on stage or the first time I closed that big deal. Or for me, like in music, the first time I wrote a song where... Other people really liked it. You know, it's such an exhilarating moment. And if you don't forget those voices, you know, and tell them to go away, if you don't forget to enjoy that moment, it's gone. Right. I remember the first time I did comedy, I don't even remember that night. I remember getting on the stage. I was terrified. I was supposed I to do five minutes. I did three minutes out of five mm-hmm. minutes because yeah. I went way. I think fast. I was. I think I was the same when I, <laughs> I did went my really fast. Show. And at the end of the night, my buddy was like, "How did that feel?" And I was like, "Honestly, I have no idea." Yeah, I feel like you're I so like out. nervous, and you're just like, "I just want to make sure I say everything." And, and I was bummed the next morning yeah. when I woke up because I wanted to remember it, and I was so out of the moment. I wasn't present. Yeah, I was so in my head. That I didn't remember any of it, and yeah, that I, that's
1: normal, though. Right, and so, yeah.
0: and that's part of what this is about too. Is is every step of that ladder that gets you from zero to ten of success and whatever you're doing. Right, uh, you want to embrace that, you know. You want to embrace being a beginner.
1: Yeah, and you got to be okay with having to step down off that ladder and, tr- and start over. Well, and I think with that
2: too, it's also important to to share that experience with. People that are in that similar situation, other comics or other agents, because I think as humans, what we don't realize is it's normal for that it stuff is. to happen, and most everybody goes through it. You know, there I could talk to agents, and they probably have nightmare deals that they've been through. We could talk to <laughs> every comedian has a show that they're like, "Man, this show didn't Man. hit, and I hate yeah. that I said and
1: that." And that might be it. That, that might ruin two my years show. into your mm-hmm. career with yeah, that. Time, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Kevin Hart was just saying how you know how many pilots. He's, he's he's shot. He shot oh, so I'm many pilots. Can imagine. And they never, t- they never hit. And he right. said that he got brought on John Stamos' show. Uh, I think it's called Jeff, Jeff the Project, something. But John yeah. Stamos. And he's the show was successful. Kevin said he was brought up there to do five episodes. After he did two. They canceled John Stamo's show. So he's like <laughs> the common denominator. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing. So uh, the,
2: he makes it funny, but like yeah.
1: he knows deep
2: down that he's been so successful in what he's done that it's not him that's the issue.
1: But in t- but all that he had to change the game up right. because he was going so hard, thinking, I gotta get this, I gotta get this. Like mm, this is right. but that wasn't the mark. That wasn't his. And I,
0: I've never done a lot of television. I mean, the podcast is the closest thing to being on camera in many ways, right? you know, for me, cause it's always been more about stand-up. Um, but I imagine that unless you're able to ground yourself and be in the moment, you can't perform in show business in that way. Like, you know, how do you, how yeah. are you supposed to break into character all the way? If you can't break out of, well, your yeah, that's
2: the whole point of acting is being in that moment of whatever
0: right. the script is for sure. So it's like, uh, using that same thought. It's like whatever your hobby is or whatever your aspiration is, your goal. Um, if you're in the moment, every step of the way that you can be, yeah. mm-hmm. you're really going to have success even against your own fumbling ways. It's going to happen. It's just like uh, there's a there's this thought that uh, every time life throws a wave at you, it's either going to knock you backwards, mm-hmm. you're going to rise up and rise down, or sometimes that wave will push you forward on yeah. the other side of it. Right. And so it's about learning to enjoy surfing. Yeah. And not worrying about mm-hmm. if that wave is going to be a forward it. or backwards. Yeah. It's yeah. just yeah. learning to enjoy the ocean right in the moment. And, uh, yeah, you might get smacked by your board sometimes when that big wave comes, but you also have to laugh about that. That's a memory in and of itself. You're going to tell your friend it that story flows.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been in situations that, um, That was huge, but it wasn't meant for me. I wasn't ready for it. Uh, It felt like shit. felt crappy, the experience. Did you ever
0: have one of those where you let self-doubt take
1: over? Yeah, yeah. I think I did was the Deaf Comedy Jam audition. Oh, okay. Oh, man, that's big. I think that was one. But even with that, you made it through on that audition. But that was Last Comic Stand. Oh, that was Last Comic. But Deaf Comedy Jam, I uh, I got brought out to Detroit to do it. And um, I wasn't used to. I I come up. I came up with diverse rooms, mm. and Def Jam is. We all know that's predominantly black. Yeah. Then I get in that room, and all the comics that are there, all the people you've seen on Def Jam before, all the all the black shows, they were there, and I just did not click. That wasn't my yeah my thing. My stick. That wasn't my. So stick, whatever And it didn't work for me It didn't feel right So I just went through it And I just knew like So much for that
2: <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't an actual like deaf jam? De- it was deaf
1: people They just couldn't hear the jokes? Yeah I think that's what it is Is that cause th- <laughs> Yeah Cause one of them just kept it's Doing like this To her friend So
0: Did you and, uh, this She was, was laughing Here's a very white question of me to ask <laughs> A very white question <laughs> Did you have imposter syndrome like you weren't black enough in that room?
1: Yep. Wow. Exactly. Dang. Yep. And that's crazy. But the thing is, what was cool is I look back, the people who found me and brought me in, they believed in me. They saw something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and then I had another. I was in, I was in Birmingham, Alabama, and the club owner said B.E.T. is coming through. They're doing auditions. He called me up. In my hotel room was like, I want you to come down, I want them to see you. And I'm like, all right, I go down there. It didn't go. It didn't go. And it might be going back to what Madison said. I wasn't black enough. But the fact is some.
0: Well, and that's not a real thing. But that's a thing that you can tell yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, you feeling that way could have even held back your routine that normally would have been confident and pulled more laps. Yeah.
1: I can't even I don't even know what.
0: I did a room like that that I felt like I was too poor.
1: That makes sense. And yeah. honestly,
0: I looked around the room, and everyone in there looked like country club plus 10. I yeah. mean, you I'm looking around me. at these people, and, and even what they're wearing, and I'm going like, oh, man, okay, this is a different element. And I was not raised in that environment at all. Mm-hmm. You know, like what we thought was a fancy restaurant, those people would have laughed at. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And And I had a bad set that night. Cause I had this imposter syndrome of like, I'm not rich enough to make these people. Laugh. Well, can I don't, I, what I can don't, I say?
1: That's going to relate to your right. Rich? Right. Yeah, yeah. These yeah.
0: people don't understand my world. You yeah. know what I mean? That's How it? are they going to laugh? That's it. And man. here's the thing. If I would have let myself just be myself right. confidently mm-hmm. do my normal routine, the way i love to do it. Chances are it breaks through because that's normally yeah. what happens in my shows is people uh, come up to me after the shows and they look like people have never enjoy my comedy. And it's mm-hmm. cause it, breaks through they're not used to it just getting in our head but if i come out yeah and i'm in my head you know like i was it can ruin your whole thing i've done that with music shows i've i you know i read the room and i thought maybe it wasn't going well but i let it affect my performance and then i've had nights where that happens on stage and as soon as it happens i'm like nope not today satan yeah, you
1: know, <laughs> I'm supposed to be up here. You just that take was the so reins. Like, I nope. know what I'm doing. Not today, Satan. Not exactly. today, not Satan. Not today, devil. Exactly, <laughs> there we go. But no, I think the adversity was going through the ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Having, you know, not being able to walk, you know, get in the rooms, not being able to get in with the click. Did you, right. Just being able to create uh, that just allowed me to. I created my own lane. That
2: creates the humbleness too Stay of it. Staying true
1: to who I am and where I want to be.
2: I, I feel like that creates the humbleness of it too because that's what, when you have the highs and then you've experienced the lows yeah. as well. You mm-hmm. know that it's like, okay, this could either be really good or yeah. it could be really bad. So, you know.
1: And the thing is, is I've always stayed in my lane and, and stayed true to who I am. Growing up in the projects in the ghetto, mm. it was nothing but crime and dope game and, and a bunch of bullshit around me. But I was never going that way. I never resorted to that. I always right. stayed true to like, I just want to be an entertainer. I was staying true to being Michael Jackson, new edition, <laughs> just enjoying myself. And like so I'm going to
0: be on that marquee no matter what it is, yeah, whether or not I'm a yeah, performer I'm just not, a I just musician. didn't want to do that. And
1: I was made fun of because I was looking <laughs> – I was dressed like a breakdance. I was just like Michael Jackson. I was dressing like uh, new edition. Years went by. I was dressed like Belleville DeVoe Belle, Belle, Belle. I was just like you Bobby didn't, Brown. If I
0: you was, didn't dress a little bit like Michael Jackson, you're lying. Exactly, you are. (laughs) You are a liar. If you you were a teenager, (laughs) everybody took something from Michael.
1: Yeah, but I stayed true to it. And where I come from, that was made fun of. And they, but you know, I wasn't like the rest of them. And that's the way I've I've continued this journey in the stand-up game. I'm not like you, and that's good. I'm okay. Yeah. Because when I started (laughs) getting in, and that should be the name of a book. I'm not like you, and that's okay. That's (laughs) That's okay because I'm killing. I'm actually killing because I got everybody looking at me is like. This is who I want. It's, it's, it's 20,000 of them motherfuckers. Yeah, one right of them. You stand out, yeah. Yeah, and that's why I just stay true to myself. It's was like, I'm not yeah, doing who's, that. Who's and laughing just, now? Yeah, so my my if, if I look back at my resume, if, uh, every different comic I've been put on with or different programs I've been put on, is like, it's because I can do it all. I'm diverse. I just yeah. don't show up like fear of an all-white crowd, fear of a black crowd, fear of whatever. It's like, no. I've been I've been out here long enough. I've, right. I've put in the work that I can.
0: And at some point, you experience. look at it like a challenge instead of that's something it. you're afraid of. Yeah, it's, it's that's like, oh it. shit.
1: I got an all white crowd tonight, or man, all, that's you know. what it is. It's a challenge to become a challenge. I mean, like, yeah,
2: you've done shows at the country club and stuff all the time, and yeah, those probably those people probably laugh some of the hardest. Yeah, <laughs> at man, your
1: I've, jokes. I've done, and I go in front of. I'll do corporate gigs like sheriff yeah. department. Mm-hmm. I'll say eighty percent of them never went to a comedy show. Yeah. Right. There's about 350 people there. 80% of them are more. Never went seen comps. center in common. So now, I got to go in front of them different age groups. You know, But well, they get to 20s, see you in your element. You got twenty. And we all know cops need to laugh a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, but they were all right. It's just a... <laughs> I don't even know the other. In their seventies, yeah. <laughs> it was like so I, was I don't like, even do you, know why you, <laughs> why you, what you're doing. I don't even know what you would do. Daddy White out here. Yeah, <laughs> you just look out in that but, crowd and go, "You're not going to remember this tomorrow." But yeah, but I'm doing <laughs> it, and they're just sitting there like, huh? And then when they get done, you get done. They walk up to you like, "We needed that." That's all. So but awesome. they've yeah. never been to a comedy show. But
0: they right, they almost like afraid to
1: laugh really hard. Yeah, because yeah. they don't want to be that loud. So like you I've know? never
2: I've never done this. So. Yeah,
1: this environment wasn't. You know, we came here for the sheriff banquet. Yeah, and so still happened to have stand up comedy entertainment. Yeah, well,
2: that's all. That's <laughs> so, that. Uh, a lot of. I mean. That new uh, stand-up comedian, well, he's not new, but he's newer to the scene. Matt Rife, you ever mm-hmm. heard? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he he blew up obviously on TikTok and all that stuff. Yep. He was on Nick Cannon's Wild and Out. Yeah, that's where he first started. Then got into stand-up. But um, at his show, he'll always ask like, "Hey, how, how many of you is it your first time being at a comedy show?" And it's like a decent size of the crowd because they were just drawn to like him, him. doing his thing, his yep. element, and you know seeing. Seeing him do his his thing, and um, a lot of people always want him to like do crowd work, and he says, "You know why I post crowd work is because if I posted the jokes I did in my set, you, you guys come. you wouldn't come because yeah. you would, I'd be doing my thing like we've we heard my, this,
0: not doing my greatest. So I only post you. crowd work, but uh, <laughs>
2: crowd work is a
0: very small part of the show. Right? That's now why he's, he, now he's almost pigeonholed for it. Mm-hmm. I always yeah. say that there's a lot of female. Yeah. There's a lot of female. Matt Rife fans. It is. Right.
2: Oh yeah, totally. It's
0: because of his image and he's like a
2: Justin Bieber looking well, no, guy No, I think there's two
0: kinds of women. There's a women that are Matt Rife fans. Right. And there's women that have been victimized by men that look exactly like Matt. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, the them, he's, a he's a trigger for them. He's a trigger.
1: That's hilarious. That's
0: hilarious. Well, the other thing I, I the one thing I know uh, from doing shows with Carl and from even like small little tiny shows that I'd offer Carl in the very beginning when I didn't really even have much to offer, is like, Carl, please come do my tiny ass show, <laughs> which he did. He did a couple times, you know? Uh, but, Carl, by example, uh, Carl's grateful. And what I've noticed in any endeavor, whatever it is, the more grateful you are about the fact that you're doing it, the fact that you have the venue to do it or the opportunity to do it, the people Mm. in the connections to do it, the supplies, the money, the time, the effort, the fact that you have that, if you're grateful for every little bit that you can be, I'm grateful that I get a chance to be up on stage. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. Even if my show doesn't go well, I'm going to talk to the booker and tell him I'm grateful right. to be there. And I saw Carl, even at small shows, for me and other people that he's done, he comes up, hey man, thanks for booking me. Yeah, You know, and it's a small thing, but it's uh, a lot of other guys, you know, you don't hear anything like that. But I feel like there's this... Uh, gravitational pull where the more grateful you are in general yeah, the more success comes in that's the
1: truth I agree
2: well and not only that too I think that gratitude having that gratitude helps when stuff like that happens like when you had that soul cruise and then they pulled it and said we're not going to do it you were just grateful to even be given the opportunity yeah. and the fact that it wasn't happening you yep. you have that mindset
1: to be like oh, well it wasn't meant to be then yeah the guy said I'll get other opportunities I got you in you know we'll look at next year I'm like oh that's cool but because yeah. cause I'm never falling short of gigs because uh, I always yeah. say I don't, I'm not hurting for stage time and I don't do it for money. You know, so I go all the way back to say I'm actually doing what I set my mind to do when I was a teenager when I saw Eddie Murphy. I'm yeah. doing it. I'm yeah. doing it and I do it on big levels so I'm good. I'm doing it. You know what I mean? So that gratitude always come in like I'm just grateful that I'm doing it. I actually did it. And I'm looking back Over the years Like I'm still doing Like this is crazy You know what I mean I'm still doing it and, yeah. and even in my mind I'm like I know I'm gonna meet Eddie Murphy one day You know what I mean Even that's part of like I know I'm gonna meet him Cause I'm supposed to Heck Supposed yeah. to But cause he's the reason why So I know I'm gonna meet Eddie
2: Yeah but You guys are like the same age right
1: I think Not anybody <laughs> He's my daddy
0: dude <laughs> Oh, that's solid. <laughs> but no. Eddie. I don't know how it is. Every single episode, you manage to make an age joke, and somehow <laughs> yeah. it lands. Like That's what, it, when he first was like, I'm going to do comedy. Most guys, I'm like, mm, you know, uh, yeah, let's work on it first with Zach. Let's I was probably, like, you're probably going to find. You're gonna find. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Carl's uh, from everywhere routine. You know, I grew up in the oh, south Oh, my gosh, man. You always hit that. South you already Detroit. said
2: that. I was in Birmingham. He was of on the I was in
1: Birmingham. <laughs> I've been everywhere. He was oh, on been been the opposite side of eight-mile tracks. Yeah. We were, He's a gypsy. Which man. was a scary area to be. A scary nine. area. Yeah. Oh I'm sure. It was
0: <laughs> No, but like uh I, I know um <clears throat> every shitty music gig I've ever had that allowed me to get up there and play my stuff in the beginning when it was just me and a guitar. Yeah. I was grateful for every one of them. It didn't matter Heck if yeah. I was if I drove to some back alley, you yeah. know, in Medford and played, you know, outside where there was no stage and no yeah. lights all the way to busking on the street and all that stuff. And I wish you could do that more with comedy. That That's what we should start. We should busking. start comedy busking where we just sit on the street. And as people walk by, we just tell them a one-liner, you know, <laughs> <Just real quick. laughs> put that's a little, exactly. put little cups out. We'll, that do, like, would be hilarious. we'll do that heckle proof busking episode. Busking. The three of us just sit <laughs> <laughs> next to each other up against a wall with three cans, just little one-liners, <laughs> <laughs> little one-liners. I take any, by.
1: any sweet gig I get is all because I want to, be on that stage because uh, small ones is my opportunity. I want to work on new stuff. It's like I reach out to Levi. Mm-hmm. I will be like, hey, when are you doing something, so I could just work on some new stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean. Love, I love small gigs. I and just stuff. like it's, working on stuff. Like I fun. just, I went to Grants Pass and did something um, for Casey Moran and a little gig he did, but I just wanted to work on stuff. And it's like I just want. And the crowd again was not a was not a comedy crowd. They paid. It was very. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they were very committed and. Um, and and paid because they saw it's value in the show. But I just want to work on stuff. I just want to work on anything I can do to work on stuff. Yeah. Because there's always, I always know something bigger is coming, and I just want to be able to have all my ducks in a row. Yeah. I want to be excited for that next big thing. Totally. And always having new material, always having fresh. It's crazy how much,
2: like, different crowds can affect, like, the direction you go.
1: That's true. One of the Mm -hmm. things we've been thinking about, I'm glad you brought that up,
0: is the idea of doing a heckle-proof live. hmm Yep. And I know a lot of you guys would probably come out if we threw some kind of show at some point, maybe in the future, somewhat soon. That'd be awesome. Hell
1: yeah, they would, man.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Maybe you guys could comment on our video. And tell us where you want to see us in the Southern Oregon area, and we'll we'll also be looking up. around. But we've been flirting with this idea for a long time. Maybe we could even yeah. do, uh, you know, uh, have the audience throw out some ideas, and then we could do a quick five minute segment based on audience ideas. Yeah, suggestions. Yeah, suggestions. We'll that come to awesome. your we'll come
1: to your house if you got a twenty <laughs> <your> foot damn house. <laughs> come to your pretty house. We'll prove. We'll do a show in your grandmother's basement. We yeah. would. We'll do a we'll do a show by your grandmother's bedside side by in the her, hospital. That's true.
2: Yeah, we'll go to the memory <laughs> care facility
1: tour. Yeah, we'll, we'll go to break in manor. <laughs> we'll go to the manor. We'll break into your grandmother's room
0: at her hospice care facility, and send her over the Rainbow <laughs> Bridge by doing comedy routines. Uh, we really would. We really would. Laughing we'll we'll to the, death.
1: We'll do the all-time our tour. Laughing to death. And just keep repeating our material. And you know why? Because <laughs> we're grateful. We're so grateful for this. Podcast. Grateful. We're trying we're to. We're grateful. Pull just go to the success. memory care
2: facilities and tell the exactly. same joke over and over exactly. again. We'll go to the.
0: all yeah. We'll all tell the same joke. You know and see that's which not, not a bad fucking plan because that's <laughs> one of the things. Like if you do too many shows in a row, you got to have a lot of material. But I could do the same memory care facility Boom. night after night right, and after just fucking kill the same shows. Yep. Tonight, guys Oh, that's an amazing He's making idea. money. That is awesome. Alzheimer's comedy. I'm in it. Yeah. I am in it to win it. Now starring Matty J. Oh wow. I don't remember him from last night. No, you don't. <laughs> I don't remember him from 30 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit in and of itself. <laughs> oh man. That's funny. Well, uh, well, I appreciate you guys uh sharing your stories with me and all yeah, that stuff. The whole point of this episode was hopefully uh anybody out there that's trying something new you've been thinking about doing something new i know a lot of people talk to me about the podcast that are interested in comedy and so that's why sometimes i try to steer it in that direction a little bit talk a little bit more about it and totally but whether it's that or it's even just you know taking a shot at a promotion or something at work whatever it is that you're shooting for you know uh go online too, look up more information about self-doubt and what you can do to get around it uh the biggest thing is really just Acknowledging that it's always going to be a part yeah. in the real yeah. in the real far part of your mind, so it's going to be there. But it's about turning that volume down. Yeah, the it's normal head, to have it.
1: But. The ugly hair would stick out. Yeah, it was it's stick, normal to it have stick it. Stick head out. You got to build the right practices, and, and that and that just comes. That's just part of the the, the evolution. Mm-hmm. That's just part of your growth. You got to have like that side of you, that piece of you, that just you to the opposite side you gotta yeah. have it that's just the way it is i feel like no i agree well you guys i'm happy to be back
0: doing the podcast again okay. here back. in new spot back we're back doing it back, like back with the boys
2: cord. right thanks levi for your illegal warehouse uh,
0: illegal illegal huh? trafficking
2: i forgot to roll cameras you guys down to do that all over again
0: yeah <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> sounds perfect in we'll a probably couple do days. we could probably do it with more feeling One Mm -hmm. more time with more feeling. Yep. Levi. (laughs) As always, look for Heckle Proof online at heckleproofpodcast.com. You can find our podcast streaming anywhere that fine podcasts are available to stream. And uh, also, you know, just wanted to thank the guys. I'm grateful to be able to do this podcast with these fine gentlemen. Telling you, man.
2: Grateful to do it with you guys, man. Telling you. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And follow us wherever fine podcasts are streaming.